How's it going, guys? Medium difficulty question, pathology, step one, internal medicine, surgery, 2CK, 25-year-old man, five-month history, diarrhea. He has six to eight greasy floating stools daily, which sounds like steatorrhea. Diarrhea is worse postprandially, which means after meals. There's no pain, blood, or mucus in the stool, which sounds like it might not be IBD, albeit we don't eliminate that entirely as a consideration. Type 1 diabetes mellitus, we want to think about autoimmune associations. Vitals, normal laboratory studies show hemoglobin low, 10 grams per deciliter, should be 13 to 17.5 in males, non-menstruating women, 12 to 17.5 menstruating women, MTV low, 72, should be 80 to 100, so we have a microcytic anemia here. Leukocytes, normal, 7,000, should be 4 to 11,000. Platelets, normal, 300,000, should be 150 to 450,000. Which of the following will take the explanation for the patient's findings? Let's just hop through. Choice A, gastrointestinal dysmotility, wrong fucking answer. This would be diabetes and thyroid dysfunction. And you assimilate what you say. Well, there's type 1 diabetes mellitus, right? But if they want diabetic gastroparesis, then they are going to give you overwhelmingly poor glycemic control, i.e. an HbA1c of 12.5. They'll give you uh, advanced disease. They might say there's uh, inability to sense vibration up to vibration and pinprick discrimination up to the knees. They could say that there's overflow incontinence, so bladder dysfunction. They'll paint an overwhelmingly poor picture of diabetes. And then they'll also tell you there's GERD or severe diarrhea constipation. That's diabetic gastroparesis, not in this case. And then hypo hyperthyroidism cause constipation, diarrhea, respectively. Wrong fucking answer. Choice B, invasion with actin polymerization, outrageous answer choice, wrong fucking answer. Going to be Shigella, okay? Back in the day when we studied for the numerical step one, memorized outrageous uh, nonsense details such as Shigella can invade and spread cell to cell via actin polymerization, absolute garbage, wrong fucking answer. Choice C, osmotic effect, wrong fucking answer, refers to... Lactose intolerance, okay, lactase deficiency, disaccharidase deficiency. And you say, well, why is that necessarily wrong in this case? It's a good question, okay? And I did this on purpose, and I've harped on this. I've inculcated this in my PDFs and my content that if you get an otherwise vague vignette of some sort of condition going on, you're like, I don't know if this is lactose intolerance, celiac disease, not sure what the diagnosis is here, but they give you a microcytic anemia. That's going to be celiac disease till proven otherwise. Now, of course, you could make a contention that couldn't this be anemia of chronic disease where MTV can be low? I've talked about how MTV can be low. It doesn't have to be normocytic, okay? So you say, well, can this be anemia of chronic disease, an example? This patient has a low MTV. It's most likely to be iron deficiency anemia in the setting of celiac with the autoimmune propensity. Patient has type 1 diabetes. You don't have to memorize strict HLA associations. You just have to know autoimmune conditions go together. Okay, so this could be celiac, it could be Crohn, choice E, wrong fucking answer, which I'll talk about in a second. But celiac disease, small bowel villus atrophy, insensitivity to gliadin. Okay, so gluten is in wheat, oats, rye, and barley, and you're going to have anti-endomycial antibodies, aka anti-gliadin, and you can have anti-tissue transglutaminase, IgA antibodies. Increased propensity for IgA deficiency with celiac disease. So if, if I told you in the vignette patient has IgA deficiency, we'd have a false negative for IgA anti-tissue transglutaminase. Be aware of that. But they love uh, inability of the duodenum to absorb iron for celiac disease. Okay, So if you get a vague vignette and they give you low MCV, low hemoglobin, you're going to choose celiac over lactose intolerance virtually always okay so 
flattening of the intestinal villi, whereas for lactose intolerance, the biopsy is normal. And also the desilose test didn't make it part of this clip, but you're going to have an abnormal desilose test in celiacs, where you'd have, whereas you would have a normal, uh, a normal desilose test with lactose intolerance. Okay. Lengthy discussion, but it's a monosaccharide that uh, does not require any type of enzyme for absorption. So if, as long as you have intact intestinal architecture, then you will be able to detect desilose in the blood. So if you have flattening in the intestinal villi, that's abnormal architecture. You're not going to be able to absorb desilose. The test will be abnormal. You're not going to detect it in the blood. Whereas for lactose intolerance, even though you don't have disaccharidase, the architecture of the small bowel is normal. So you will detect desilose in the blood. So let's just hop to the final transmural caseating granulomatous inflammation. Wrong fucking answer. So this sort of half refers to Crohn's disease. Okay, so it would be non-caseating, not caseating for for Crohn's disease. And I did this on purpose because we can't have two potential answers, right? So transmural inflammation for Crohn's disease, you need to know non-caseating granulomas. You're going to see on biopsy, extremely important. And of course, we could see things like blood, mucoid stools, right? So high yield for Crohn's disease extraintestinal manifestations, okay, conjunctivitis, anterior uveitis, erythema nodosum. Wrong fucking answer. You know the deal. I'm going to make more content. If you like my stuff, subscribe my channel. Appreciate your time. That's it.